Welcome to episode 159 of Cowboys Drive for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. Unfortunately, Philip cannot join me tonight. He has another interview running uh, while this is going on. Uh, I'm very excited. We have a great guest tonight, uh, Jordy Mercer. Uh, former Oklahoma State Cowboys shortstop and pitcher, uh, spent seven years in the big leagues with the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Detroit Tigers. He's also a Cowboy Hall, Baseball Hall of Famer class of 2017, and he was uh, gracious enough to join me tonight. Jordy, how's it going, man? I'm good. How about you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing pretty well. It's just kind of a, just a weird time right now with everything going on with the coronavirus and all all that kind of stuff. But I, I really do appreciate the time. I know you should be in the middle of spring training right now, but I'm sure that a little bit of extra family time doesn't hurt right now. Yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been a whirlwind. It really has, uh, you know, to to uh, to see the stuff that's going on. Um, like you said, we we're we we're a week away from starting the season or 10 days roughly. Um, and so we spent about three weeks in spring training of, of playing games and getting ready. And uh, to me, I felt like I was, I know a lot of guys felt like they were ready to go too as well. So it's now we have to take a pause and, and uh, who knows how long that's, that's, that's like the ultimate question, right? Is who knows how long this thing's going to last. So it's, it's pretty crazy. But uh, like you said, I got to, I got to come home with my family, got to spend time, got to be a dad again. So uh, I'm enjoying it while it lasts. So we'll start with this really quick. So obviously you guys have been playing for three weeks. You're really starting to get consistent at bats, really start to get back into game speed pitching. Cause you know, BP and flips and, you know, hitting off a T really only does so much for you. So you guys are really starting to ramp it up. Pitchers were starting to ramp it up and now it just stops on a dime. How is this going to affect not only the season start, you know, starting late, but when baseball is actually able to be played again, it's going to be a little while because, pitchers are pretty much having to start back from ground zero hitters the same thing because you're just not seeing the live ABs anymore I don't think people are thinking people think you know baseball you could just the drop of a hat just start playing again it's way more way more complicated than that yeah for sure I mean I, th- I think it's going to affect pitchers more than anything I think that's the biggest thing is uh I, mean, I think the last start or one of the last starts that uh one of our aces had our ace of our staff had um, he was at five innings, 70 pitches, which is, that's pretty close. I mean, that's kind of where you want to be. You want to start the season somewhere around five to six innings, um, 75, 85, 90 pitches were out there. So he is one start away probably from being, you know, opening day guy ready to roll. And so, and, and same thing for us as position players. Um, you know, we were probably hitting that 40 at bat mark. Uh, 45 a bad mark um, and that's where kind of guys want to be they want to be in that 40 to 60 range type type uh, of ABs during spring training and um, I was I know for me I was getting my legs underneath me for me it's all about getting the game shape um, you know getting those innings in um, you know you bend over a bunch as an infielder so I'm getting that prepared you know all that stuff and I, I was starting to feel great I think you know as I've gauged it you know I played long enough now where you know as I play a lot of innings and, you know, the next day I wake up and my legs, you know, don't hurt anymore, basically, or not sore anymore. I think that's when I know like, okay, I'm starting to get ready. And that's when I felt like that, you know, I played, uh, you know, four or five innings, six innings uh, at times and I wasn't getting sore anymore, which that means, okay, my legs are getting in shape. I feel ready. And I was getting, I was having good ABs too. I was having actually a pretty good spring, which I, I don't tend to, to play very well in spring training, but I was having a good spring this year. And so it's going to, it's going to be a toll, but I, to me, I personally, I think it's going to take a, a toll more on the pitchers. Uh, just like I said, you know, they, they build that arm strength up. 
it takes a long time for pitchers to build that arm strength. You can't just go out there and throw five innings and, um, you know, call it a day. You just can't do that. And you got to build it up. I think, you know, our, our guys start at one or two innings and work to three to four or maybe three and then go to four to five, maybe five, and then throw a solid five after a fourth or fifth start. And then you're ready to roll, you know, by that sixth start, I think. Um, you're throwing, like I said, six innings max, um, you know, 85, 80 to 90 pitches, whatever it might be. So um, it's going to take time once we get this thing figured out and once we get a, a hard start date basically on the season. And we're going to have to go back to spring training or go back to um, maybe our home our home cities, wherever our home cities at, which my, my um, case would be Detroit, and, and kind of get going again. And that's going to be the toughest part for everybody. How do you think this is going to affect you and other guys that are kind of on the roster bubble right now? As you have the uh, the signed a minor league contract with an invite to spring training, so you're you you do not have a guaranteed major league contract for this season. And I'm and there are many other guys in your position as well that are either in the minors trying to fight for that 26 spot or other guys that are NRIs too. So, how do you think this is going to affect how rosters are going to be constructed? Yeah, I mean that's a, that's the most difficult part. Uh, I got some insight where that what where it'd be, you know, I got a good chance to make the roster, which is good news. Um, but it's not the case till you actually make that roster move. I mean, you know, nothing's guaranteed till actually the move happens and the move's not going to happen till, you know, it has to be, which is basically, you know, a couple of days before the season starts. So you still have to be prepared. I mean, you, like, like I said, I was going into the spring training this year, um, with a different mindset, knowing that I was going to play all four in full positions. This is the first time in my career that I've, I've came into spring training to be able to do that. And it's, it's been fun for me. It's a new challenge for me. It's a new opportunity for me. It's kind of, it's euthanizing me a little bit and um, it, it's been fun. And, and I was able to carry that in the spring training and, and have fun with, with the games that I played in my first base, second base, third. I mean, I already know I could play short. So that's, that's kind of just, you know, a given for me, uh, but it's about, you know, rekindling that relationship with, you know, the other three positions and I had fun with it, man. And I did, I enjoyed it and I was able to play well. And so I think that, that's my mindset still is uh, to stay ready. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to dial it back down a little bit and I'm going to, you know, not work out every day like we do in spring training, but I'm going to do probably, you know, um, every three days, maybe hit the cage, um, stay somewhat game ready. And then once we get a hard date, like I said earlier, once we get a hard date, um, then I can ramp it up and, and figure out, you know, kind of adjust my schedule accordingly. Yeah, well, best of luck hoping that you get it because obviously I'm, and I'm sure with roster expansion, that's kind of helps your chances a little bit too. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, especially with, uh, I think there's going to be a roster expansion, especially with the season that we're going to have starting later. We, we have to add guys. There's no way we can start with 26 guys and uh, be able to, to keep this, you know, short season. And we're, I heard we might play double headers. I've heard all this stuff. So, um, things could get really crazy during the summer during baseball season. There could be a lot of games on TV to watch, which is a good thing, a good thing for us, a good thing for fans as well. But um, yeah, I think they're going to have to add a lot of people, or not maybe a lot, but a few people on the roster just to to keep this thing going. Man, I can't imagine playing double headers more than once a week. Man, I, I, I'm a huge, <laughs> right. I, like, right. I, I'm a I, I'm a whole I'm a huge nerd for the game. Like I am baseball obsessed. So being able to watch a couple games a day, like I'm not going to complain about that for my end. But I'm sure for you guys, that's going to be brutal. Yeah, I mean, I, from what I heard, I, I think we're just trying to get as many games in as we can. Since we're starting so late. Um, from what I heard, June-ish, somewhere around there is is kind of a, the date we're trying to set. 
Uh, we're trying to shoot for basically. I mean, that is that is accordingly if everything kind of goes to plan, which we never know right now. It's still up in the air, but um, yeah. So we're trying to get. We're missing two and a half months already. So we're trying to catch up with those games. So I've heard double headers. I've heard neutral site games. I've heard um, basically like you know extending the season. I've heard all kinds of stuff. So you know you don't know what's true and what's not, but um, we're trying to we're we're going to try to get as many games in as we can basically. So whatever that means. Um, we're going to be playing about every day, man. All right. So let's, let's talk about your Oklahoma state career real quick. So you spent three seasons in Stillwater from 06 to 08, uh, shortstop mainly played damn near every day while you were here. And then you were also the, uh, reliever and, you know, on the pitching mound. So I'll, I'll ask you about that more. Cause you play, like said you played shortstop your whole career. I don't need to ask you a ton about that, but how, how much did you enjoy being on the mound in a division one game? Man, I miss that so much. I do. I mean, I think that was so cool. You know, playing meetings at short and then coming in and pitching the ninth inning. I thought that was one of the coolest things in my experience. I mean, my whole experience at Oklahoma State was amazing. And I, I continue to tell guys that all the time. I tell you know, young kids that all the time. I tell whoever I'm talking to, um, I tell them all the time. That's the three best years of my life. It really was. I mean, it was amazing time. Um, not only that, I, I got to do the college experience, obviously, like everybody dreams about, but I'm talking about the, the team that we had, the brothers that I've made. I mean, I've still, I've still, still talked to friends today that I've made there. Um, we were good too. We were really good. We had a three, three solid years. I mean, we were one game away from the college world series, which is, which is awesome. Um, never got to go, but we were close. We were that close. And so, um, it was amazing. It was, like I said, the pitching part is what I miss the most. I think is the bill come in when you get, when you, when you're in a, the game is on the line and you have the ball in your hand and you can dictate the game and control the game. It's so much fun. And I'll, I'll always remember that. I always um, never take that for granted. And um, just, I always remember the memories that I made, especially now that, you know, LEP is going to Obrey now, which is, you know, I have mixed feelings about that. Yeah, it's cool. It's great for the, for the, uh, the program. It's much needed. LEP is it's special to my heart, man. It's special to a lot of players' heart. There's been a lot of good players run through there, a lot of traditions has been through there. So um, to be able to do that on that stage and that program, um, you know, I always remember for the rest of my life. Do you have a like one memory from a game at LEP that sticks out above the rest? Oh man, it's a, it's a regional tournament. There's no doubt about it at home. Like it's TCU. I mean, I think that was one of the coolest parts, and I think not only People don't remember I hit three against TCU just to get to the next game against Wichita State. I hit another one the next day. So I hit four in, or the next game. We had a double header that day. I hit four in one day, which was <laughs> incredible. Yeah. And that was, you know, that's nuts. Come on. I mean, that's nuts. It had to walk off. But also people don't realize we had the, we had the lead in the night, and I came in and I blew the lead <laughs> with a two-run lead. I blew it. Oh, no. pitcher in the night. And I was the first guy up coming up in that bottom inning, and I hit the home run to actually win the game. But <laughs> if I would have blew it, though, I wouldn't have never got that chance. So a lot of people don't remember that either. So, but by by far, that was one of the coolest things in my career. Um, it, as a hitter, you're locked in. I mean, that's one of those cool feelings. That if you ask any hitter, and when you're locked in in that in that situation, you feel like you're on top of the world. I mean, you feel like that you can hit any pitch anytime, anywhere. And, and that's what I was. And I was locked in. I was ready to roll. And it was just a fun time to play the game of baseball. And fire up the gap band four times in one day. That's that's a pretty good day at Alley P, that's for sure. <laughs> right? <laughs> 
I've read so many stories about guys that played in the Big 12 and the especially pitchers. And they said the, the most haunting thing they can think of from their college, their time in college was listen, having to listen to the Gap Band after giving up a bomb. Hey, the Gap Band's been around for a long time. So yeah. we got to keep that tradition going, you know? Oh, they have to. I, I was, that's right. That's right. I was down at the, the Frisco Classic a couple weeks ago uh, at the end of February and they played AM, UCLA, and uh, Illinois. And they hit a couple home runs during the during the weekend and they still play the gap band there, even on neutral site. So that's definitely that's awesome. going away. See, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So take me through, give me your scouting report for you as a pitcher. So I do a little bit of baseball scouting by trade. And so I love to kind of hear how guys break themselves down. So how would you, how would you scout yourself as a pitcher? Okay. So for me, I, I was basically a thrower. That's what I call myself a thrower. So I never really got, um, I never really threw bullpens. I never really threw flat ground what pitchers throw, like to work on their craft, um, work on their pitches, things like that. I never did that because I, I, during scrimmages in the fall, I played short. That's what I did. I, I got my ABs. I played short. I did things like that where I, I just didn't pitch. I mean, that was kind of just the back, kind of the back burner type deal. And so me, I consider myself a thrower. I learned from uh, pitching back in, you know, back in the bar with my dad when he would sit in a bucket and I would throw to him and he would, we'd catch it. So we, I learned from watching people and just things like that, where you pick things up and that's how I learned to, to basically pitch. And so I call myself a thrower. And for, for me, it was all about demeanor as a closer. I think, especially now I'm older and I've been around for a while and I've seen a lot of games. I've seen a lot of closers. I think stuff wise, yeah, some closers have it. Uh, obviously, some closers, you know, ha- are just physically gifted. I get that, but some most of the time, the closers aren't aren't quite the best pitchers on the team. They're just not. But you know what they have? They have that demeanor. They have that want to. They have like, I'm going to shove it right up somebody's rear end, <laughs> and here it comes. You know what I mean? Yep. And so that's kind of the way I approached it. And I, as a ninth inning guy, I was like, okay, I have the ball. I can dictate this game. I can control this game, and I'm going to. I'm about to shove it up somebody's rear end here in a second. And that's what I felt like I wanted to do. And I think that's, that's the mentality of the closer. It is. And so I didn't have that raw, natural gifted arm. You know, I mean, I was 90 to 92, maybe I touched 94, I think occasionally. Um, and I had a hard slider. I think that was, that was my, one of my out pitch was my slider. I was pretty good. I could throw a really hard 84 to 86. Um, I had some really good bite on it at times. He'll flatten out at times too, but, I kept my arm up and, and you know, I was really, you know, fresh. Um, I, I could really throw it. I could. And change up occasionally the lefties, not very much. I never really worked on too much, but it was just fastball slider type guy. And I was, I was the type of guy, like I said, I was coming at you and I said, here it is. This is it. You hit it. You beat me. Okay. I'm going to tip my cap to you. Congratulations. You did it. But I'm coming after you and then I'm going to try to beat you with my best stuff. And here it comes. And I think that's what got me. Uh, successful, and, and that's what uh, you know. Frank and you know Emo and Billy, the, guy, the coaching staff that we had, that's what they wanted to see for a ninth inning guy. And I think as a coaching staff, that's what you want. You want a guy like that to come in and be like a bulldog type guy. And say, like, here it comes, man. Leave it all on the line. And that's what I tried to do. Yeah, I I pitched when I was in high school, and I was very much the opposite. I was. Uh, oh, for the love of God, please don't hit it because I throw 75. Like, let's, let's just, right. Paint. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I was a poor, poor, poor man's Jamie Moore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what? Some guys like that are really gifted and they can perfect their craft and they're pretty good at it. So yeah, I, I was a, I was a good fat. I had a like fastball. I think I hit 77. I think that was the fastest I ever hit. And with a, 
with a curveball that broke like eleven to five, just like a big. And then I had a the 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 circle change. The circle change that was my out pitch. <laughs> if I ever got to there, you go. There you go. I but I love baseball. Baseball didn't always love me back. I'll put it that way. There you go. That's all right. Well, hey, you know, sometimes it, it's a hard game. It really is a hard game. Oh yeah, it really is. All right, so you get drafted in the third round by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Take me through that day and what it was like to get that call that you were going to go and play pro ball. So, yeah, I've heard um, – I remember that day to a key, to be honest with you. I've heard – you know, I, when you go through the draft process, you hear a bunch of different things. You know, you had a chance to do this or a chance to do that. So I, I didn't think I would be a first-round pick. I really didn't, but I thought I would be close, and which meaning supplemental pick, second-round type guy. So, you know, I was eager – I was eager to, to hear that, and day one is just first rounder. I think I think it was complete first round and compensation picks, and so I knew I didn't make it then. So I went to bed at night. I'm going, okay, tomorrow's the, the day. You know, this is it. Tomorrow's gonna be the day, and uh, I'm gonna figure out where I'm gonna go. And what was funny is um, I knew the Phillies were on me a, a bunch. The Red Sox had a ton of interest. Um, there's a, a couple of the multiple teams, but those two teams stuck out to me the most. Uh, but the Pirates really never stuck out. They never really – I think I maybe had a conversation one time with them, but other than that, that was it. And they ended up selecting me, you know, the second pick in the third round, which was pretty cool. Um, and I just remember getting a phone call being, you know, hey, this is a great opportunity for me. They've been – they haven't been very good <laughs> in the recent years. And so I knew their modeling system wasn't that great either as well. And I talked to my agent at the time, and he was like, dude, I don't think you could have been picked by a better team, um, given the circumstances, given, you know, you can move up quickly through the system. But, you know, there's all kinds of factors that people don't know about uh, when it goes into it. And so, you know, I was eager to sign. And so I told them, yeah, I'm ready to go. Um, I just finished up the college season. I was able to um, help my dad and the family harvest uh, harvest our wheat during, <laughs> during the summer at the farm. And I uh, got that finished up, and then I signed and, and went to uh, State College, Pennsylvania, which was a uh, short season, and uh, you know started started the uh, the pro career that way. And it was uh, it was a whirlwind, man. It was it was crazy because I remember my first road trip, like very first like kind of long road trip. We took a twelve hour bus trip, and I was like, wait a second, we don't do this in the pro ball. Come on, this is pro <laughs> baseball. You don't do this. And I was in for rude awakening at the time, but that's just the way it was, and. You got to get used to it. And, and uh, you know, I did and kind of worked my way up to the system. And lo and behold, four years down the road, I was able to uh, to get back to the, and uh, play the ultimate dream and mess in the big leagues. So the 12 hour bus rides, I love talking to guys about their their minor league <laughs> horror stories. But do you have any other stories from kind of the bus leagues and kind of go and going through that for a couple of years? So, yeah, that that trip, especially we drove to the middle of the night, which I thought that was stupid. I was like, why are we driving to the middle of the night? You know what? I, I, I didn't understand that. And so the reason was, is because we play the next day. We play the next day. Who does that? Who drives a 12-hour bus trip and play the next day? We did. And so I remember taking BP that day. We got in at like, I want to say 6 in the morning, okay? And so we, we got there. We got in the hotel, and we were like, all right, everybody be at the field by 1, usually 1 o'clock. It's about time you, for a seven o'clock game. So I got there at one, one thirty, and our skipper was like, "Hey, we're going to take BP today because usually this it's the second day is when you wear it the most. So we're not going to take BP tomorrow. We're going to take BP today." And we're like, "What? We just got in at six a.m. We're going to take batting practice before the game? Are you kidding me?" And sure enough, we did, man. We took it, and that's what one thing I'll never forget. I will never forget to this day that we 
took batting practice that day. We got in at 6 a.m. We had batting practice and we ended up playing the game. And then the next day we took completely off and showed up late. But the first day we took batting practice and we, I, I just remember being like a zombie. I mean, I was like, I didn't know where it was, what was going on. I don't, I don't remember the game, to be honest with you at all. I just, don't, I just remember how I felt. And I felt like I didn't know where I was. And that was the first realize I was like, okay, welcome to professional baseball. This is how we do it. All right. Yeah. I, I was scouting in, uh, in Tulsa. I was doing covering, uh, the Texas league this past summer. And so I was in Tulsa for a game against Springfield on a Tuesday night and the game went like 10 or 11 innings. So it went into extras and it was an 11 AM game the next day with like yeah. the kids, yep. you know, with like, uh, you know, school day or whatever. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a dreadful, like 10 30, 11 a.m. game. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's right. Oh, God. I love baseball, but man, <laughs> that's, that, and, that'll and definitely you know test your and, love of the game. And for those minor league guys, I mean, it's tough. It really is tough on those guys because you don't get paid nothing. You no. don't. I mean, that's the truth. You just don't, unless you get put on the roster, the 40 man roster, and then you start getting paid a little bit. But other than that, dude, you don't make nothing, man. And it's, it's it stinks. It stinks for those guys because they put you know their heart and soul in it. There's blood, sweat, tears, all whatever you can say. Um, you know all those bus trips, all those things that you do. Um, it's crazy, and you still don't get paid nothing. So kudos to those guys because I was in it too. I was I was I was there before. Luckily, I came out on the other side, obviously. But right. um, the guys that don't make it, I mean, it's tough. It really is tough. So I talked about getting the call. We talked about getting the call to the pros, but talk about or to getting to play pro ball. Now you get the call to go to the show. Who was your first phone call uh, back home? Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I'll tell you the story. So um, luckily, my wife was with me at the time, and we were in Indianapolis, AAA of the Pirates, Indianapolis, Indiana, and we just finished the game that night, and we are got in the truck, headed headed back to our apartment, and. Our coach called us. Our skipper called me. He said, hey, uh, I need to come back here. My sister's in town, and she wants to sign a jersey from you. I was like, wait a second. All right. That's kind of odd. You know what I mean? You know, like, come right. <laughs> and I was like, can you not do it tomorrow? I, that's the first thing I said. You can't do it tomorrow because we, we play tomorrow. And he's like, no, she leaves tomorrow. And so she wants it tonight. And I was like, okay. So I'll turn around and come back. So I turned around and came back. And I walked in his office, and sure enough, the jersey's laying out there on his desk. And he's got it all. He's got a Sharpie next to it, blah, blah, blah. So he played it cool, man. He did. He, he had me sign the jersey. He's like, so you had to sign it for, please. And sorry, I had to make you come back, blah, blah, blah. So my wife's waiting in the car, right? And so I didn't. I I, I kind of maybe had a hint, but I didn't really, really think about it. You know, I was going to get called up. I just thought it was kind of like odd, basically. And so I ended up signing the jersey. And... So he's like, thanks. And kind of like, you know, gave me a handshake. And I started walking to the door and I grabbed the door handle. I remember opening the door and he's like, wait a second, I got one more thing. And I was like, I turned around. I was like, okay. So I shut the door and came back, sit down. He's like, uh, by the way, you're going to go up to Pittsburgh tomorrow. He calls you up. And so I just, I lost it, man. I did. As a, you know, the motions are rolling. And I didn't absolutely like cry at the time, but I'll get to that here in a second. Um, but I just was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, he had a big smile on his face. He's like, man, you deserve it. You played well. You know, it's time for you to go up. It's time for the next, you know, progression in your career. And I was like, dude, that's so cool, man. I thought it was so awesome. And then to pack my bags, I, so I, I brought my bag back to my truck. And again, my wife's still in my truck, right? And so I ended up throwing my stuff in the back of the truck. And she's like, so what, what was it? And I was like, yeah, I signed a jersey. And I looked at her and I go, 
we're going to big leagues. I'm like, this is it. We're going. And she like, what? And I was like, yeah, we're going to the big leagues. He just told me we're going. And so we both just had a, we, we both shared a moment, which was incredible. And, you know, cause she's been with me since basically a ball. So she's kind of ridden the ride with me. And she goes, she kind of knew, cause I met her in my junior year in college at Oklahoma state. Okay. So she kind of knew that, you know, the whole ropes and, and things like that. It just kind of worked in a place where she was there at the time. Um, we shared that moment. And the first person I called was my dad. Um, he's always been there for me. He's always had the right things to say as any dad would basically. And, uh, <laughs> I remember calling him and I was like, Hey dad, uh, it was just, just a normal conversation, basically like, like always, you know? And, um, I was like, dad, um, I just got, got the call. I just, he just told me I'm going to the big leagues. I was like, you've got to get a plane ticket. <laughs> you got to come up to Pittsburgh. And, uh, I was just basically told him, you know, how grateful I was for him and thank you for, you know, all the, the times you took me to the field and, you know, all that things as a son would say, um, but you know something that uh, something that as a baseball player and as as a little kid you dream about you know what I mean growing up and, and playing in the big leagues and then fulfilling that dream that dream's coming true it's just a it's a a, a, a thing of emotions going through you like crazy and uh, I always remember that conversation with my dad that's the first person I called and um, we shared a little moment and I just told him how grateful I was and thank you for everything and sure enough um, he was there. Uh, two days, not the next day, but the next day when I'm my very first career start, when I got my first hit and they were there, my mom and dad, which was really cool. And, um, so that's how it was. It was, it was a cool experience. Who'd you get the first hit off of? Johnny Cueto. We're playing oh. Cincinnati Reds. Okay. Yeah, man. That was actually really good. Yeah. I mean, single to right field, which is me. It was a one, one count, fastball in, we'll cut her in and, uh, shot to right field for a base hit. It was, it was awesome. All right, now, first show, Homer. First show, Homer was off Josh Colmenter. Okay. From the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, it was, what's crazy was it was actually a one-two count. I was in the hole, and he tried to sneak a fastball up and in, and I was able to turn on it and hit it right down the line in, in, in Pittsburgh, too, at, at home, which was cool, too. Um, so, yeah, that was my first career, Homer. I remember Colmenter, he had that really kind of just herky-jerky, like funky delivery, like right yeah. over, straight over the top. Straight over the top, Iron Mike type guy, like you see, like Celebration Station type guy. Yeah. Uh, but his ball cut though. It, it, everything cut. Everything he threw cut. And so that's what that's. He had a pretty good career for only throwing eighty eight to ninety, ninety one, ninety two, maybe. But everything he threw was cut, and so it was hard to actually stay on. So, I love this question too for guys that make it to the big leagues. So. What was your first, for the lack of a better term, your your first like oh shit moment? I'm in the big leagues. Like this isn't the Eastland League. This isn't AAA. What what was that moment for you? <laughs> so I remember one of the older guys telling me like, hey, okay, here's what here's my advice to you is when you're out there when you have the bill of your cap right pulled down, he's like never raise that bill of your cap up. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, just don't ever raise it up. Keep it focused, like, basically on what's in front of you. I was like, all right, cool. So, you know, of course, me, right? I'm out there. I'm to start. My bill on that cap goes up, and I go, oh, my goodness. This thing, the stadium is three decks, obviously, which I've never played it before. And I was like, oh, this, is a re- this is unbelievable. I've never played in something like this. And the stadium is massive. There's, there's you know, 40,000 people. There's not quite 40,000. I think there was like, you know, 30-something thousand. It wasn't quite a sellout. But there's a lot of people there. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. 
And I was like, the first thing that popped in my mind was like, man, I should listen to him. Why did I raise my bill by my cap like like that? And so that was one of the first moments. And then my first at bat, I remember my first at bat, my legs were shaking so bad. I was so nervous. It was unbelievable how nervous I was. And some guys are like, how can you be nervous? You've done it your whole life. It was different. It just was different. different. Being in the big leagues, living your dream, it was just different. And that's something I always remember. Who, Who gave you that advice? I don't, I, that's one thing I don't, I, we had a lot of old, because back then I was, I got caught up in 2012. And so every team was old and you had a lot of old guys on your team. And that's just the way it was. You know, they didn't really rely on younger guys like it is today. Today's game is a lot younger. I, I don't remember who exactly it was, but it was one of the older guys that's been around for a while. And that was the one that he told me, he was like, don't look up. Just don't look up. Just don't look up. And sure enough, I looked up. So then yep. your, fir- your first full year in the big leagues, you had McCutcheon go playing, you know, just otherworldly and winning the MVP. I bet that was special to watch. Yeah, that was one of the coolest things um, to see was, you know, right in front of your face. You get to see it every day. Um, and, you know, most people would see him through the TV or most people see highlights. I got to see him play every day and to see a guy like that. And what I was most proud about, what I was most, what I told a lot of people about was, how type of guy he was. I mean, he was the coolest guy. I mean, I'm telling you, man, to 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 be a superstar status like he was in 12, 13, even 14, he had a good year too as well. Um, those years that we we made the playoffs and um, took that next level type type thing, he was so down to earth and so normal, <laughs> as best <laughs> as I can say it. Um, it was it was just it was, it was nice to, to see. It really was because I you think as a superstar, you think that be to themselves or quiet or you know maybe not uh, go hang out too much or whatever but on the road you hang out with us I mean, just you would never ever thought he would be this type of superstar superstar type of guy he is and, and he was and i think that's what made it even better for me is to see him every day to see what he can do on the field because he was incredible on the field he he's got some of the fastest hands i've ever seen as a hitter i mean ever oh, yeah. his hands are unbelievable quick and um the athleticism he, athleticism he shows and to be able to put together like he did and, and win an MVP and win a silver slugger, win a gold glove. He won all those, I think, in the same year, which was incredible. Uh, to be able to watch that every day was really cool. Who was probably the toughest pitcher that you ever faced? Um, right. I, it's still today. It's Rollis Chapman today. I, oh, I got he was one. with the Reds when you were there. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I got one half in my career, and that was last year against the Yankees when he was at the Yankees. I got, I got a base hit up the middle for an RBI. Which is my first career hit is with the Tigers, and I faced him all those years in Pittsburgh, and they got a hit. I never put a ball play with him for a while. I, I got a, I got a couple of walks off of him because he was early in his career. He was pretty wild. He, he threw like a hundred freaking twenty, it seemed like, but um, he didn't really know where it was going. Now he knows where it's going, um, but I never got, I never even put a ball play off. I got a couple of walks, like I said, finally last year. I got a hit up the middle, a base up the middle. And I got the first base, and I was so excited. Josh, Jonas Harrison was on our team last year, so he knows that what, right. what I've been through with him. And he was like, "You did it! You did it! You finally did it!" And I was like, oh, "Thank you! I finally got a hit off, you know, my nemesis. You know, I could never get a hit off of him, now I did." So for me, I think it was him. You know, I, he just when he throws it, it's just so tough to to get on top of the baseball because he reaches out so far. He's so long. And obviously he throws so hard. I think the velo everybody knows about, but 
Um, he just gets out there so far. You, it's just hard to get on top of the ball. And so you just keep swinging and miss or, or popping balls up or whatever it might be. And, and finally I was able to get on top of one and, and get a base hit. Yeah, that that's a that's gotta be an uncomfortable bat for lefty righty doesn't matter. Like stay on deck circle doesn't matter. Um, that's a guy that I would love to just stand in the box and just see what it looked like because I don't I have no perception of what anything above like eighty five looks like. I, I, I tell you like what, dude, three. It's the first time that I've, I've I've ever heard the ball coming in, and people <laughs> say, "What does that mean?" Well, you hear the coming. You know what I mean? You hear that coming like a train coming. You when you hear a train coming, you can't see the train. You can hear it though. That's the same thing with the baseball. You could hear the ball coming at you. That's how hard he was throwing, and that's how I remember. Always remember Orioles Chapman is. I could hear the ball coming in with that ver sound, and it hit the mitt. And I was like, "Holy cow, this is for real!" Like this is. I gotta. I gotta figure out how to hit this thing. And that's Show why. I, swing, that's it. Close yeah. Eye, swing hard. That's it, man. I mean, you just got to shorten up and you got to try to like chop. I always say like chop wood and that's like an overstatement because you're not really chopping wood, but you've got to get on top of the ball because his balls, it, it reaches out there so so far and, and it just doesn't come down. Like with a gravitational pull, like some guys do, it stays in that same plane. And so you're literally got to like try to hit the top of the baseball and it's, it's tough to do. That's why he's so good at it. That's why he's one of the best closers in the game. That's why he got paid like he did. And that's just it. And the crazy thing with him is that everyone's like, oh, his velo's down. I'm like, great, he's throwing 98. It's still... Yeah, right. It doesn't matter when you when you when your arms are like four foot long and you can still reach out there and throw it. It doesn't matter. It's when he still gets good out. Who was your favorite like road trip to go on? Like, who, Which stadium was always the one on the counter? Like, yes, we get to go there and play this year. Chicago Cubs. Man, that's always been my, one of my favorite places to play. Especially now. Like Back then when we played them, uh, they weren't very good. 12, 13, they weren't really good. 14, they started to be really good. Um, but they weren't, weren't that good. And But it was always a fun place to play, man. It was always a party, party atmosphere. You know, the bleacher, the bleachers are crazy, as everybody knows, out there in the outfield. Um, but that was one of my favorite places. The city is awesome. I think it's one of the best cities I think there is in America. That and San Diego, I think, are the best cities and ballparks. Um, but it was such a fun atmosphere. And now that they're good, now that they sell out every day, now that everybody seems like in America is a Cubs fan, um, it makes it much more fun to go play and have it more exciting. And um, I actually, I've hit really well there. I've hit quite a few homers there in my career and I've played really well there. And it's just always, for me, it's always just been a fun place to play with Maybe Bruce calling a shot in the same batter's box. I mean, uh, Mickey Mantle walked down the same hallways as you did. I mean, things like that that, you know, not a lot of people in this world get to do, but you get to do it. It's pretty cool. That uh, You know, I, I remember taking a piece of ivy and putting it in a Ziploc bag. Uh, things like that, that uh, that stadium's been around for 150 years. It's crazy that you get to same, play in the same park as some of the, the all-time, like, ever greatest to get to do it. And I always remember that. I always remember that. I always love it. I always love the atmosphere that they have. And um, that's always one of my favorite parts of playing. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to get out to Wrigley so bad. That's on, like, my bucket list is to hit all 30 stadiums. And I, I need to get out to Wrigley as soon as I can, man. That that place is so yeah, special. Yeah, that, that's a classic for sure. Yep. So last year you played for the Detroit Tigers. Less than stellar year, uh, to, to put it lightly. Um, what's next for this team? 
Um, you got you got some guys coming up the pipeline with Mize, Casey Mize, Matt Manning, uh, Tarek Skubal, some other guys. How far away do you think they are from being, you know, starting to kind of get out of the the cellar, the AL Central, and kind of move their way up? Yeah, last, last year was tough. I'm not I'm not going to put 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 it on you. It was tough. It really was. Um, it was uh, it was tough to come to the ballpark every day and knowing that you didn't have much of a chance to win. And, and as you as you do that and you're already defeated, it's a tough time. But we were able to battle. And I think for us, for me, um, and for the organization as a whole, I think it was a good thing. And here's why. I think we, the organization had to use a lot of young players. And a lot of those young players got experience. And you cannot, you cannot make up experience. You can't. You just can't. There's nothing in, in the books. There's nothing in analytical. There's nothing in nothing that can make up for the experience that you can make as a player. And for me, I know this firsthand because I'm not even close to the same player I was in 2012. To, to, to where I am now. I mean, there's, it's, it's not even comparable. And so I think that's a good thing as an organization to bring a lot of those young kids up and to get that experience and get that um, feeling. Um, but the, all, now the downside is you get that feeling of losing games and you don't want that. You want that feeling of winning games. And so uh, those were those were tough to come by. They were. But the, on the good part about it is, like you said, we have reinforcements coming. I think they did a good job of drafting. They did a good job of developing young pitchers. I think that's where it starts with any type of baseball that you play um, and you want to be successful in the long run is pitching. I think pitching rules and dominates everything. I think we saw that in last year's World Series. We saw that in every World Series that teams load up on bullpen, load up on pitching, and especially with the Nationals. I think that we saw that last World Series. That was the biggest. I think Strasburg took over and and I think that was the biggest thing. And and Scherzer obviously is really good too, but I think Strasburg pretty much dominated, and that's what took over. Even with sign feeling or not, whatever happened, it doesn't matter. When you got a tough pitcher, it's good. So I think they did a good job of that, bringing up those young kids. And I got to see firsthand a lot of those young kids this year because they kept them in the camp a long time, and they actually threw quite a bit. They did. Uh, Casey started one of the last games that I played in, and he was dominant. I mean, I think everything speaks for itself. What you read is what you're going to get. I mean, he's a big power guy, power fastball, power slider, power cutter. Um, he's going to pitches, and he's got that demeanor. He's got that one-two, and he's got that good head on his shoulders. I think it just makes for a, a, a perfect storm type guy. And he reminds me of a Garrett Cole type guy because I played Garrett a bunch in my career, and he's got that same demeanor, that same one-two as Garrett. He's got that tough toughness and all that stuff. He's just got to figure out how to, you know, it, it, it's an adjustment period, you know, pitching from AAA, double-A to the big leagues. He's got to get that adjustment period, which all pitchers got to go through, but he will, and he's got the stuff to do it. And then, like you said, Matt Manning, Scooble, uh, even Faido is another oh, good one that's, uh, that's coming up. Yeah, and then I think another guy that a lot of people don't understand is Franklin Perez uh, was in that Verlander deal. Um, I think he's got a chance to be really good. He's just been hurt the last couple of years, but he's one of those young upcoming prospects too that's got a good chance to be to good and so when they get those guys up and they get those guys you know get their feet wet and get some innings under the belt i think they got a chance to be really good for years to come i got a couple more questions i don't want to take too much more of your time but i just i don't know why it just dawned on me but what was it like sharing a locker room and a batting cage with miguel cabrera i stand by that that guy is one of the best right-handed hitters i have ever seen so what was it like to see that guy work day to day 
Yeah, that was one of the experiences I was looking forward to as signing with the Tigers last year and then this year too as well. I, I think um, the way he goes about his business is pretty incredible. It is. Um, the way he approaches things, the way his mindset is, I think it's I think it's one of the best I've ever seen. It probably is the best I've ever seen. His mindset is right center field. He never gets fooled. If he does, it's very, very rare. Um, he stays with this approach. He stays within himself. Uh, it's just crazy to see hitters these days um, not worry about mechanics as much because everything is so mechanic-driven. It's so launch angle. It's so exit velocity. It's so, you know, all these analytical things right now in this game, that's crazy. He's still staying with the old school approach is what's got him there. It's what's made him good. And he's still sticking with that. And that's what's so cool about it to see is he's sticking with that mindset of staying right center. And that's what he's using. He's not worried about launching. He's not worried about nothing else besides being on time, getting ready and staying with that right center approach. I mean, he's one of the best I've ever seen to hit the ball to right field for a guy that how big he is and how much power he has. It looks like for me, I, I pull when I pull when I pull basically balls or or homers or whatever it might be that's all i got you know i'm hitting it i'm hitting about as good as i can hit it right and he's hitting balls in right field that look like his that's his power that's his that's his go-to that's his all he's got type thing and that's pretty rare very rare to see as a as a hitter hitting balls the opposite field with that much pop and that much power and that much um just I want to basically, and the way he approaches things in the cage, the way he goes about his business, the way he goes about his BP, his BP is really good. Um, it's just, it's awesome to sit back and see. And you you want to go in awe, you want to be a fan and be like, oh man, that is that's Miguel Cabrera, you know, that's unbelievable. But then in a sense, you're like, okay, I'm his teammate. I gotta like, hey, clean it up here, you know, you're his teammate. You gotta be locking in a little bit. And so it's uh, it's pretty cool to see. It's pretty fun to see. It's I'm, I'm glad I'm definitely his teammate because I got to see a lot of cool things. Definitely. So this, this is the last question I got for you. Thank you so much for your time. I love to ask anybody that loves the game of baseball, plays the game of baseball, this question. Uh, I've stole it from another podcast starting nine, but you know, whatever. If you could go back and watch one moment in baseball history live in person, what would it be? I, I, I think it'd be Beirut calling a shot. I do. Yeah. I think that would be so cool to actually see, especially nowadays, like, cause there's so much emotion now, you know, bat flipping and all that stuff, you know, what would it be like when he did that? Well, I want to know what the players and the other team thought about it. You know what I mean? I want to know what things that people don't, not just him calling a shot, but what, what was going on in the uh, dugout? Like, oh, were they trying to hit him? Like, were they pissed? I want to know what, like that. You know what I mean? Because today's age, you're like, okay, he's getting run, you know, in the ribs if, if he does that. You know what I mean? So I want to know what, what his mindset was going into that, and I want to know what his teammates were thinking about it. Know what the other team was thinking about it we're like all right this guy is he for real like come on you don't do that i want to know what everybody was thinking so i would like to be a fly on the wall in a lot of the situation but i'll i'll love to see that person and actually him coming through and doing that after he come on call a shot that's got to be incredible as a baseball player to be able to do that so that'd be that'd be up up on top of my list hitting a baseball so freaking hard i can't imagine pointing to where i'm going to throw it and then to do it like that is just the the most bizarre thing of all time that's that's right that's right that's crazy yep (laughs) and people still get mad today when people bat flip and like i i don't know how you feel about it but that's what i mean like how would 
how nobody talks about what was the other team thinking when he did that? Like, I, that's why I want to know. You know what I mean? Like, nobody ever says it. I've never heard in history, like, what was the other team thinking when he did that? Maybe the pitcher was, but what was the other guys thinking? Because I know what I would be thinking if I was on their team. Like, drill this guy. Or what, what is this guy doing? You can't do that. Respect the game, blah, blah, blah. And to be able to do that, it's, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, man. If I could hit a, if I hit a home run, somehow I couldn't. You could tell me what pitch was coming, I wouldn't hit. If I hit a home run, I'm throwing the bats to the second deck. <laughs> you deserve it. Sometimes guys do. It's all right. Exactly. All right, Jordy. Th- hey, thank you so much. This has been a ton of fun. Like I said, I am a nerd for the game of baseball, and so to be able to talk with someone that's you know a professional and talk about you know your entire career, talk about Oklahoma State. We, I really do appreciate it. This has been a ton of fun. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me, and we love to do it again. Let's do it. Let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. Hey, before you get out of here, for anyone that doesn't follow you on your social medias, where can they uh, follow you? I'll give you a little plug. Real yeah, quick. It, it's on on Twitter at Jordy underscore Mercer. Um, especially this time, uh, I don't tweet much, but um, I like I, I like a lot of stuff. But this time, um, you know, we're not doing much. We're in this uh, COVID nineteen type stuff, so I'm uh, I'm on there quite a bit. Other than being a dad, so you know, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and uh, yeah, it'd be fun to uh, to see who's all out there. All right, for anyone else, you can follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. Philip and I will be back midweek. We got a fun episode planned, and we will talk to you all day.